0: Don Flaherty, one of the best in the business. Hey, am I correct? You are now. Is this going to be? Are you not going to be doing uh, broadcasting longer than you played in the big leagues?
1: Oh yeah, by a long time. If uh, if I broadcast next year, it'll be my 18th season, uh, and I played 14 in the big leagues. So oh, uh, wow. it's been it's been quite a run. I've been tricking them for a long time, guys. A long <laughs> time.
0: It's fantastic. Listen, I knew yes was all over the uh, the judge bus conference <laughs> yesterday, and uh, your colleagues covered it top to bottom. Um, listen, just, I think we all knew that if he signed back here, he was going to be named captain and it kind of happened. That was kind of the part of the show. Did you have any thoughts? You were there when Jeter was named captain. You yeah. were on the team in 2003 when it happened in the middle of the season. Um, is there anything different about having, you know, having the, the title for, for a guy, for a guy who's in the locker room, for a guy who's in the clubhouse? Is there anything different about having the title attached to him?
1: No, I don't think so, Sweeney. Uh, in 2003, I remember we were in Cincinnati and they had a big announcement that Derek was going to be the captain. And we all looked around and just said, what do you mean? He already is. I mean, he didn't have the title, but the way he went about his business, the way he was leading us out on the field, we all felt it and knew it anyway. So, uh, you know, I think this is inevitable. You know, when he was going to come back, this was going to happen. And I'm sure everybody in that clubhouse felt this for years already. He just didn't have the official title. So, um it was nice to hear him talk about how much it meant to him yesterday being the captain and maybe a few more responsibilities. I don't think they're really going to be many anymore, but uh, he'll just go be an Aaron judge, which, uh, you know, for a long time has been perfect. This guy handles everything perfectly out on the field, handles the media the right way. He handled free agency like uh, nobody else I've ever seen. He'll handle the captaincy uh, the same way.
2: So how much do you guys either learn or, or get told or, or know with, like, the Hot Stove shows and Yes's coverage? And, uh, I mean, you guys do a great job. Not just, you know, Hot Stove, but, you know, yesterday with the press conference. Like, for Yankees fans, it's a go-to. You're a big part of it. Um, so I guess it's a two-part question. How much did you know about, like, where Judge was going, where he wasn't going, uh, moves that were going to be made, like some inside baseball and, uh, you know, tell us about, you know, what goes into doing a hot stove show or preparing to talk about the offseason.
1: Yeah, to be quite honest with you, uh, you know, with the Aaron Judge situation, we didn't know a whole lot. Uh, you know, we we were scrambling up in Stanford, Connecticut in the studio when John Heyman sent that tweet out, you know, and everybody was kind of like trying to gather information. I'll give Jack Curry, my colleague, all the props in the world. I mean, he he's got the pipeline to the to all the Yankee news, so there are some times that he might get a heads up that something's coming. But with the Aaron Judge situation, that everybody was in the dark trying to figure this out. So uh, the hot stove shows are, are interesting for me because, you know, I feel like I'm at my best when I can watch a game and break it down. You know, somebody's pitching mechanics or a, a hitter at the plate or maybe some game situations. The offseason speculation, that, that that's not in my wheelhouse. That's Jack Curry. Uh, does a great job with that, Meredith getting interviews. So the hot stove shows are interesting, but uh, you know when the Aaron Judge news broke and then the Rodon news broke, uh, you know the, that makes those hot stove shows for us. So uh, it's been a fun off season to cover so far.
0: John, you mentioned that you know Judge handled free agency like nobody you've ever seen. Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? What what about how he went about it? Surprised you or impressed you?
1: Well, first of all, there there was no information that was leaking from anywhere. You know, his his agent, Paige Odell, which I you probably know, Sweeney. You know these agents better than anybody. I, I've never heard of the guys, never had a big time client, so you kind of wondered how he would handle this coming into uh, free agency. I thought they both did a great job. Uh, you know, one of the things I miss about being a player the the flights from city to city. And we would play cards on those flights, right? We would play poker. And I remember thinking, there's no way I'd want to sit down at a poker table with Aaron Judge because this guy had everybody guessing, uh, the news coming out of San Francisco, the video from the lobby in San Francisco. Uh, there were no leaks from teammates. Teammates weren't saying anything, friends. So it was handled brilliantly because the Yankees had no idea <laughs> what was going to happen. Uh, he was keeping everybody in the dark. and. At the end of the day, he got his ninth year. He got the money that he wanted. And he got to come back to uh, to the Yankees, which is where he wanted to be. So he played it brilliantly. He didn't say anything. He didn't tip his hand. And again, I don't want to play poker with him on a charter flight,
2: for sure. <laughs> okay, let's switch a little bit. I know the focus is judge, but Carlos Rodon, uh, you're a catcher. You're a pitching guy. I think you're going to be pumped up to watch this guy. How familiar are you with his stuff? and what he brings to the table and uh, how excited are you to see this lefty bulldog pitch in the Bronx?
1: Yeah, I haven't seen him a whole lot. Keith, you know, the, the yes network research crew with Jeff Quagliato, they do a great job of sending us videos, sending us breakdowns of his stuff. Um, and you look at the breakdown, it's fastball slider and, and he, he's an attacking left-handed pitcher, which uh, from the old catcher and me, you love that. You know, you're, you're like, okay, let's go. Let's get this guy on track <clears throat> excuse me, get him working fast and have him attacking the strike zone. And then you watch some of the video and some of the highlights and you see the energy, uh, you see the, uh, you know, showing some emotion out on the mound and David Cohen says this all the time. Rodan wanted to come here. That's a big part of this. This isn't a, a trade and you don't know what personality you have. He sought this out. He wants to be in New York. Uh, I think it fills out the rotation perfectly. I love his stuff but I think I love his attitude even more. So he's going to be a fun guy to watch.
0: You know, I've heard some people talking about like uh, trying to rank this rotation now. And listen, obviously Garrett Cole and Carlos Radon at the top, I mean, it's really good, but I'm still a little, I don't know. I'm a little nervous about the the back half of the rotation a little bit. I'll tell you why. One, Frankie Montas, we, we didn't see his best, and we don't know how he's going to bounce back. Luis Severino's durability has been questioned. We hope he's kind of through that. But Nestor Cortez is kind of a weird one for me, John, because um, he threw just under 160 innings last year. He seemed to wear down a little bit physically at the end of the season. <clears throat> trying to ask him to repeat that or better that, improve on that. I think it might be a tall order given what his history has been. I'm not saying he's not good, but you know, everything went right for him last year up until the end. And I think just trying to repeat that again, it's not always easy to do.
1: No, they're all, they're all valid concerns, Sweeney. And, you know, I think anytime you look at a rotation coming in the spring training, you know, you're, you're thinking, okay, their track record, uh, you know, this is going to be one of the best rotations in baseball. Never works out that way, right? I mean, you're always going to have to deal with injuries. You're always going to have to deal uh, with some guys who got to take care of something, get back on track mechanically. Um, you know, Montas at, at the back end. Listen, he he was a much better pitcher in Oakland, yeah. and Sweeney. You would probably know this better than me. He seemed like New York wasn't a factor. It just yeah, he had a he bad didn't arm. Yeah. Probably
0: by anything. No, I mean, right. I, I think he enjoyed it. I mean, I think physically, there was a concern, and yeah. that probably led to some things.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I look for him to rebound, you know, coming to spring training, getting that full year. Uh, Nestor is an interesting one, right? I mean, you're right. He did, he did kind of leak some oil coming down the stretch physically, but you know, this guy right now is your number four is what you'd have to pencil him in. And boy, I'll take him as a number four, Uh, you know, a, a guy who I think from a catching perspective, he just finds a way to figure it out. Right. I mean, even when he's not locked in, there's a little moxie there that he's going to be able to give you five, six innings. So um, Severino's the big one right in the middle. If he can stay healthy, uh, he's got such a dynamic arm and, and it's an, it's an all out mentality. It's an all out delivery. Um, Is that going to be able to stay healthy all the way? And most important, is it going to be able to be ready to go in October? I mean, we need to talk about this rotation at the end of September, not at the beginning of March when we get to spring training.
2: I'm really excited to see this bullpen. I was talking about Mm -hmm. it last night on the fan. Uh, Someone called up and they're like, the Yankees got to improve this bullpen. And I'm like, wait a second. Um, They... They're probably all right. They, they brought yeah. back Tommy Canley. Let's start there. You, you're familiar with Tommy Canley? It's been a couple of years. He went out to the Dodgers. He's coming back. They spoke about him in uh, the Aaron Judge press conference. And asked Judge about him, he's another guy, a character guy, an energy guy. That's going to be great for the clubhouse. And we hope that he's got some of the same stuff that we saw in 2017. Well, I'll tell you what, Keith. What we saw last year with the Dodgers, he's got the stuff back,
1: right? He's He's all the way back from Tommy John. And the biggest thing for me, been there, done that. He, he's been in New York. He's pitched in high-leverage situations. Um, so you know as much as you can in this game, you know what you're getting from Tommy uh, when he comes over. But I'm with you. I look at this bullpen, and when you have to designate Lucas Litke for assignment, you know, a guy who I, I always laugh. I Listen, I know what Lucas Litke is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's been a very good pitcher for a couple of years, and he's been that guy that's overlooked. He's forgotten. He's taken for granted. You're, you're not going to miss him, but he's going to go somewhere and have a good year. Right. And and I hope he does. He, he resurrected his career. So I think, Keith, to your point, this bullpen is in really good shape. You know, you got Marinaccio to look forward to coming back from that shin injury. Uh, you got Loisica who started off terribly and he rebounded to be as good as anybody. Clay Holmes hopefully gets through those shoulder issues. So there are so many things to like. There are guys that you're losing that are going to hurt. Um, But, you know, Michael King coming back, is he going to be healthy? I'm with you, Keith. Uh, The bullpen every year for me, every spring is one of those. How's it going to work? Who's going to be that guy, Sweeney, in spring training? We always find one that comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's throwing 97 and he makes a team and you weren't even planning on him. So the bullpen's going to be fine.
0: Yeah, and and they they usually have more to pick from, so I think yes. that's a pretty good spot. I, I do worry about some of the guys coming back from injury. King will probably be a little bit behind and maybe a little slow starter, but he was so dynamic. You just hope he can recapture that. Um, John, I'm curious your thoughts on. We asked Jose Trevino this when we had him on last week, and I, I thought I'd get a certain answer from him as a catcher, and I didn't. So, since you're a catcher, I will ask you and see what your answer is. Um, three big rules changes coming next year. Okay pitch clock the uh, the bigger bases and the pickoff situations with that that hopefully lead to more stolen base attempts I think and the shift restriction um what's the biggest impact to on the game which one of those has a has a as a bigger effect
1: well the catcher in me right away says pitch clock right I love it mm-hmm. I love it get on the mound throw the ball let's get ready to go and there, there's going to be some responsibilities for the catchers to um, be thinking a little quicker right when that pitch is delivered that swing is fouled off or swung and missed whatever it is it's it's instant you got to be ready to go to deliver a signal uh to get your pitcher out on the mound to give him a little time to to get ready to go so i love that part of it uh the bases which are bigger hopefully going to create more more of the running game which i would have enjoyed that was a, a strength of mine that that has kind of gone away, you know, really in the last, what, five, six, seven years came back a little bit last year, but I'm uh, looking forward to that. And then the throwing over to first base is one that I'm really interested in because as a catcher, that would be a time or a situation for me. It's almost like a timeout in basketball, yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, throw over to first base because I'm not quite sure what I want to call here. I got to kind of slow the game down, figure out the situation uh, maybe I want to see if this guy is going to square around a bunt. You don't see that much anymore, but back in my day you did. Um, so that was kind of a situation. Let me regroup, take a, take a timeout, and have my pitcher throw over, and you're not going to be able to do that as much anymore with these new rule changes.
0: Yeah, Jose, did, Keith, didn't Jose mention the shift more because he was talking about Rizzo and, like, more of his teammates and kind of what kind of impact that would have?
2: Yeah, we're just expecting some of these guys to have a little bit more success at the plate, maybe some better numbers with the change in the shift. Cause I mean, Rizzo's a guy that we've seen him hit right to the man standing in yeah. between. So, uh, I mean, I hope that happens. Um, what was I going to ask? Oh, so, you know, speaking of Rizzo and obviously judge and Cole and Stanton and DJ and Josh Donaldson, there's a, a lot of guys that are over 30 that are supposed to be in their prime of their career or the end of their career. But I think the Yankees have, a good combination right now bringing the young guys up. Let's talk about Oswaldo Cabrera and Oswald Peraza and maybe even Anthony Volpe at some point this season, you've got to see these young guys. We all got a a closer look in September, October at, at the um, combination of Oswald, Oswald Peraza and Oswaldo Cabrera. I'm hoping to see Volpe. And I think it can be this special mix of like young energy and then just the, the veteran experience uh, where do you expect to see Cabrera, Peraza, and maybe even Volpe next year? Well, I think Peraza, you have to
1: start with him. And, Keith, I think the biggest takeaway that I took away from last year wasn't what he did out on the field because he looked he looked excellent. You know, as a teammate, you're paying more attention to how a rookie handles himself in the clubhouse, how he handles the media, how he carries – how how does he go about his business? Does Does he get there early, get his work done – so the veterans can come in behind him and and the rookie's not in the way. And everything we heard about Peraza, he went about his business as, as perfectly as you could as a young player. Cabrera the same way. You know, you, you talk about an older team and mixing in some young players. I look at Cabrera is going to be so valuable moving all over the field, giving some of those older players a day off a week, maybe so that they're going to stay healthier, uh, you know, through the six month season. So Volpe's Volpe's that guy that, you know, if you look at his numbers, you say he probably needs some more time in AAA, uh, maybe struck out a little bit too much with his 100 at-bats at the AAA level. But, you know, the the talent's exciting. So I think to answer your question, Yankees are in a perfect situation from a veteran standpoint. You're ready to win a World Series or you have a team that you think can win a World Series, but you also have some young talent that you're still developing. And I think the most important part is you're putting those young players in a situation where they can succeed Um, back in the day, you know, and Sweeney, you remember this when I came up, I mean, rookies were told, sit in the corner, don't say a word. We don't want to see you. We don't want to deal with you. Like, you know, you're, you're an outcast on this team basically. And you had to earn the respect of the veteran players with guys like judge, with guys like Rizzo, they, they welcome young players. Now they, they make it an inclusive environment so you're seeing kids get to the big leagues. They're ready to go. You know, there there's no restrictions. They can let their talents shine. So a perfect situation all the way around uh, out on the field, but I think more importantly in the clubhouse.
0: It's funny. I, I, I remember Jeter telling me that once, like how, like even him, like a guy of his, you know, high draft pick and yeah. you know, high status. Even he as a rookie was one of the guys that said, listen, I'm just going to sit in the corner and keep my mouth shut because you know, that's what you're supposed to do. But, but you're right. I think it started with CC Sabathia because these guys, they wanted to let these guys know that you're here to help us. You know, yeah. we don't want to beat you down because you're good enough to help us win. Why do we want to go through the hazing and all that stuff and put you through all those things? Uh, I get, I've got one last one for you though. And it's kind of along these lines, John, you know, y- you, you, when you play you saw a number of kids come up and there's a there's a lot that goes into coming up and succeeding early uh at the big league level what's how are the yankees going to be able to you know can peraza be eased in at starting shortstop for the yankees if that's the job he wins when you consider there is other veteran talent around him but you know he's going to be playing he's still young he's 21 years old he's really hasn't spent a lot of time playing in cold weather struggled with it at AAA last year if he gets the job uh to start the year as the yankees starting shortstop is there going to be a lot of pressure can he ease into it can he go through hitting 220 for the first month if the yankees are winning <laughs> if the yankees are struggling you know how do you as a teammate handle a guy like that
1: well you know, listen, yes, you can you can deal with him hitting 220 for a month and a half. I mean, you've got a team around him that yeah. if you're looking at Peraza to be carrying your club offensively, then obviously there's a problem. So yeah. th- this is the conversation. You hear it all the time. Go play shortstop. Go make the play, the routine play, and we'll figure out the rest, right? You take the pressure off of a young kid. When you have all that talent around him, you don't need him to hit 280 and, and carry your club offensively. With all that being said, this kid played in the playoffs last year, which guys, I I was a veteran player who played in the playoffs after like six, seven years. And that's a big deal, right? So he, he kind of got that out of the way. Now you think about it, he goes home, he's getting ready for spring training. Boy, is there a confidence that you you take from your experiences last year? Now that's not being said, he's going to go out there and light it up, but you have something to grab onto, right? I was successful last year. I played in the postseason. Um, I think it's a good problem to have Sweeney. And and it's one of those things. Yeah. If you're two months into the year and he's really struggling and you could tell he's beating himself up a little bit, then maybe you got to make an adjustment. But I I don't I don't see that happening with this
2: kid. All right. Last question from me. Uh, Yankees fans saw when, you know, the winter meetings were happening and the hot stove was heating up that the Yankees were working on something big, something big is coming. And I told people that's anyone can say that the Yankees name, they're going to attach that to anything. But I mean, across town, Steve Cohen has something big in the works. Seems every couple of days, we haven't asked you, but the Carlos Correa news broke last night or two nights ago. Now, uh, there's a lot of talk back and forth. There's like this winter rivalry for some reason. Um, <clears throat> what'd you think about the Carlos Correa news? He's someone that Yankees fans wanted. And uh, what do you think about Steve Cohen and what he's doing to baseball?
1: Well, we, we kind of saw this coming, right. And, and, you know, the first thing I thought of was the Correa news, excuse me, breaks on the day that Aaron judge is being re-signed or has a big press conference. So uh, I, you know, there, there's always been talk from my days as a player about, you know, taking the back page, right. The newspapers aren't that big of a deal anymore, but you know, you want to be the team that, that is getting all the attention in town. And listen, the Mets and, and their ownership, they're, they're spending a lot of money. They're, they're building a, a great team over there. So from the Yankee perspective, game on. Let's go. Like, they'll, they'll find a way uh, to make their additions. And I don't think they're going to be distracted or, or pressured into doing something they don't want to do because the Mets are spending money. I always say it's great for baseball when the Yankees are good, the Red Sox are good. And I think if you talk about baseball in the city and Keith, your show uh, every night on FAN, this is going to be a great year for you. Right. You get to talk about the Mets and the Yankees and, the, you know, when there's a rivalry in the subway series. But it's great for New York baseball. So uh, a lot of pressure on my boy Buck Showalter. He's got a team that he's got to go out there and get it done. So uh, it'll be fun to watch to see how they handle with that with the bullseye on their back.
0: Hot Stove continues all off season on the Yes Network. You can catch John Flaherty along with colleagues uh, Bob Lorenz, Jack Curry, uh, Meredith Marakovits, Michael Kay is on there as well. And uh, you guys will have it covered top to bottom as the Yankees push forward to spring training. Anything else on your agenda? You got more triathlon training? Is that the, <laughs> of the rest of the winter here?
1: Now the triathlon training went away a couple of years ago. Sweeney, the uh, the old beat up catcher, who's got to stay away from the running and all that. But uh, now just getting ready for the holidays and then maybe get away for a nice little break. So uh, looking forward to spending it with the family and hope you guys have a great Christmas and the holidays. And we look forward to uh, spring training right around the corner after that.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for giving us a few minutes here. Tell your brothers I said hi and Merry Christmas to everybody. And uh, uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll catch up at a uh, at a local establishment. Uh, to be named later. You see how I just smile? I would love to do that Sweeney. me. You're the man.
1: <laughs> Thanks. You guys. Thanks, Flash.
0: Happy holidays.